Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Socratic Cinema. I'm Casey Clark. I'm Hallie Phillips. I'm Charlie Heatherly. And my name is James Delisio. Given the social conditions and everything that's going on out in our outside world, we wanted to take on a few movies that focus more on civil rights and civil unrest and how um, we deal with everyday systemic and um, just regular like outward racism. So this week we've jumped into Just Mercy, which is a amazing movie that came out in 2019. But before we get there, we wanted to plug some very important ways that you can help. As you probably know, you can either donate or you can sign some petitions. We have um, a few places that you can donate here. You can donate to the Equal Justice Initiative, which is the one um, that's actually mentioned in the movie. You can donate to Rebuild the Block, which is helping small businesses rebuild. You can donate to the George Floyd Memorial Fund, the I Run with Ahmad um, Fund, the Justice for Breonna Taylor Fund, and you can also donate to the Black TV and Film Collective. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, please, please consider donating. I'm sure everyone would appreciate it. We're trying our best to donate where we can. But I want to jump into the movie. Had anyone watched the movie before? No. No. First time. First time. Wow. This is rare because usually, um, usually at least one of us has watched it once. But I think all of us, um, this is our first time watching it. So what are our, our initial thoughts? Uh, well, when I came into the movie, I was expecting very good things because Michael B. Jordan was the main actor and I love that man to death. And I was not disappointed at all. This movie is phenomenal. It is definitely, and and they say this in the movie uh, a whole bunch of times, or at least they reference it. This is the To Kill a Mockingbird of the 21st century. Well, I guess later in the 21st century. But it's it's a phenomenal film that deals with some really complicated issues in ways that are both subtle and up front, it really likes to mix its approaches. And I think that in all sectors of filmmaking, uh, including the acting, lighting, directing, uh, just everything, this film excels and plays into a really interesting and thoughtful and important story. Nice. James, how did you feel? Uh, I'm with Charlie all the way. I, I know ever since I first saw the trailer for this movie, it was one that I really wanted to watch. Sort of like for the reason Charlie said, it's like, the To Kill a Mockingbird of our time. Um, and I that is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and so I really, really wanted to see this one. I'm surprised it didn't get uh, more coverage uh, at the Oscars. Um, that was surprising to me. I was expecting it to be like a big Oscar runner. But um, I didn't wind up getting to see it just for, you know, whatever one reason or another. Um, but I'm so glad that I did get to sit down and watch it. It did not disappoint at all. Um like Charlie was saying, the directing, the storytelling, it was all incredible. And there were so many um, like subtle details and parallels that the, that the movie was giving that, that really kind of struck me in a very powerful way. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this movie through and through. Nice. That's honestly, that's amazing. I, I loved the movie, but <clears throat> Hallie, how did you feel? To agree. This movie exceeded all of my expectations. I mean, I had like the audacity to like not go in and write notes. 
And like, I think in like the first 30 minutes, I was like, no, I need to grab paper because there's so many, like all you guys have been saying, there's so many things and not just how it makes such a powerful statement, but even just in the scenes, like the delicateness and like the intricacies of like the scenes and how everything kind of comes full circle and they don't just like throw things out there. They have statements that they want to make. And so I think this movie was amazing. I was shocked I haven't seen it before. I feel like this is a movie everyone should see because it it expresses a point that we hear about a lot, but we never really know like the the deepness of it all. You know, like we hear about it on the news, like, oh yeah, people on, on death row and these experiences. But to really like have this movie relate those experiences to us on a personal level was really amazing. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. For me, the movie just was incredibly well-rounded. It was amazingly acted. You can see, you can tell that from a lot of like, what hit me was the the facial expressions too, because sometimes it's not about what you say, it's what you see. And um, I feel like Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, and even... um. I don't know the character that played the the DA, um, but to, um, Tommy, the person who ta- played Tommy Champion, like his, their facial expressions were absolutely like amazing. And not even to get into the imagery, the imagery is so like it, it's amazing for a movie that has so many like deep rooted like references to make those references that could be completely like passed over to make them so blatant that you really can't ignore them um and I just really really appreciate how they balanced like everything that was blatant and other things that were more like nuanced and things that you just needed to like really pay attention to like it wasn't constantly in your face but you were constantly paying attention, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're really, really um, onto something with the imagery point. I think this, this film has some very, very, very evocative um, moments that, 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 that sort of go to hammer down that idea that the, um, this town in the south, what's it, Monroeville, I think is the city, yes. um, that it, it really is not... Uh, a welcoming place for African Americans, right? Um, like it's so deep, deeply rooted in in this this racism and and all this nasty history behind it. Um, and there are some scenes that I think that really hammer that point home and remind you of that. And and the main one for me was when um, Michael B. Jordan's character Brian, uh, I always forget his last name. It starts with an H. Stevenson. St- Stevenson. <laughs> Yeah, I swear you're lying. I swear to do not no, tell no, me. No, it's 100 percent Stevenson. Yeah, do Stevenson. not. It is Stevenson. Do not tell me. Something with an H. Because <laughs> everyone, because he's always like, call me Brian. Well, well, like all of them have like two names. Like my sister yeah. was confused at a uh, Jimmy Fox's character because she oh. heard like three different names for him, like yeah. DJ yeah. or Johnny or J- D. Uh, Johnny JD, D. That's what it was. Walter, yeah. McMillan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so but, you had to keep the names in check, but yes. I did. definitely wrote all the names down <laughs> so that I'd remember. Anyways, Brian Stevenson is driving to... I forget if he's driving to the jail or back from the jail for the first time. And he 
uh comes across like the the death row prisoners working in like a field oh, and, like the yeah. police officer on the horse when like that's such a striking image of because i mean it looks exactly like slaves working in a cotton field with like the overseer that's exactly mm -hmm. what i thought of when i first saw that um and it's just those scenes and those connections that it kind of makes where it's like oh shoot this is exactly like nothing's changed you know um it it was a really powerful moment for me and i think just a really showing example of how um this movie is able to to create these connections with like it's not too in your face with it but it's definitely clear enough that you know exactly what's going on you know mm -hmm. yeah. to, to jump off of that my favorite parallel within the movie was when i think he's first coming to the town and he's driving past all of the 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 rich white uh houses and you see everyone working in their yard and mowing their lawn and it looks nice and pristine and then when he goes to the black neighborhood everyone is still in their front yard but you can clearly see the way that poverty has affected all these families and it's just such a neat little parallel that they added in there because although it's fairly obvious on viewing that you know it's a repeated shot it's in your face it's just the it's showing how the subtle little things in life are actually so blatantly obvious once you realize that they're there. But you know what's yeah. even better about that? That I know exactly what like parallel you're talking about because I, I noticed that too. Um, but what makes that even better is when you realize that all all the white families like they were not looking. Um, Brian Stevenson, Stevenson, <laughs> very yeah. good. They were not like none of them looked. They weren't looking, no smiling, no waving or anything. But when you see mm -hmm. when he's driving through the black neighborhood, they're all. They'll stop, smile, wave, howdy, you know, like they're, 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 they're so welcoming. Um, and it just goes to continue to hammer down that, that um, point that despite, you know, the, the advances that may have been made in, in civil rights at the time, you know, African-Americans are still not welcome in a lot of places in the South. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like... I, I think I'm going to be talking about this book a, a whole lot, so I might as well introduce it here. There's this book called Dead Man Walking by Sister Helen Prejean that is exclusively about the death penalty, which is only one of the topics addressed in this film. But in it, she is a spiritual advisor. She's a Catholic spiritual advisor who goes to death row inmates in the South, advocates for them to not receive the death penalty because she believes it's immoral, and also tries to coach them through this incredibly harrowing journey. Uh, and one of the things that I noticed in this film is it's very similar to that book. You're getting the same emotions and the same feelings. Like the scene where the uh, well, where the war vet, I forgot his name. Herb. Is, Herb. Herb, my man Herb. When he's being taken to uh, the chair to get electrocuted, it's almost like the same exact thing from that book. Uh, twice we see uh, inmates that she's advising be electrocuted and taken to the chair. And each and every time, it's still just as emotional and heartbreaking as it was the first time. And yeah. I, I think this movie really did a great job at balancing the complex issues that it was tackling. Because Prajan took an entire book to really hammer home that emotion. And I think that this movie, in just a couple scenes, managed to, to, to get a very nice parallel to the emotion that was inside of that book. It managed to, to go into your heart and be like... Do you really think this is right? Do you think that that people who are innocent or are good should be sent to death? Is yeah. is an eye for an eye really the best way, is, or is it going to make the entire world blind? So that 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 sequence of the um the execution on the chair that that was one of the most like 
troubling things I think I've I've seen in a movie. And and it's not because it wasn't overtly like it wasn't especially like violent or scary in the traditional sense, but it's just so like oh, harrowing. It it just kind of empties you out. And um, and they turned it down from the book. Like the way that they actually do it is so much worse. Like you read on the page that, you know, they have to to shave off all the hair uh, from the person so it doesn't catch fire. And that's like, you know, one thing on the page is an entirely different thing to see in, in real life and in, in, in that movie. But they also have to to pat you down with wet sponges. So yeah. the currency travels faster. And then also they put a bag over your head because your eyeballs are going to start to like melt. Oh, so, gosh. And, so and they usually have to turn the crank multiple times. Is so this movie, even in what it did, was toned down from the reality of it and the horror of of what it actually is. Is the chair that's not still in effect, is it? I think they it's like an injection now, right? Yeah, they've switched to lethal injection, although that also has uh, It's still not. It's not like you know, It's not better. It's one, you know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely raises some it really <laughs> makes you take a stance on the death penalty issue one way or another, right? This mm -hmm. movie does not leave room for moderates uh, in that in that debate. Um, but yeah, like I felt my heart pounding during that sequence. Absolutely, it was like it. It definitely goes down as one of the scenes where I felt the most genuine kind of emotion in in, yeah. in in movies in a while. Mm -hmm. For sure. What did we think of of the acting with Michael B. Jordan? Because I noticed something. As a uh, fanatic of of the man himself, <laughs> in a lot of his films, he's very good at at acting, and he can get these these big emotional reactions from both his characters and the audience easily. But in this movie, he was very subdued. Like he he was very calm, and it was representing the the man himself, the the real life uh, lawyer, very very well. But what do you guys think of that? Do you think that by him being a little bit more calm and reserved in his acting, he let uh, Jamie Foxx's characters and the prisoner's characters really shine uh, within the story? Hmm, that's a good question, because the the major scene that I think of when I think of his acting is the strip search scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was very um, uncomfortable to watch, but it's was mostly uncomfortable um because of how he portrayed it you know with his facial expressions with his body and i feel like the way that he played brian is um kind of playing into how black men were expected and needed to act in the south like you really couldn't be um as angry and as um like outwardly against the system as you maybe wanted to be like you see that with Johnny D's son getting like arrested because he was simply trying to hold um someone like accountable for you know doing it like putting his dad back into jail so they do a very good job of of while having hit while having Brian's character be subdued and i don't know if it's because he's a lawyer and this is how he's trained but i really think that it's because like he's 
a black man and there are certain things that a black man couldn't do and you can see like the consequences throughout the movie of a black man doing like those things if that makes sense like for being like outwardly like with outbursts and being like um kind of just anti any like anything that be contained that could be taken as anti-white or um anything that could be taken as simply like standing up for yourself would would actually make you a uh would actually have you be considered a threat which is why you see a whole bunch of um throughout the film a whole bunch of black men getting arrested for little to nothing mm-hmm. i yeah Mike, michael b jordan's i think the, his facial expression it, he, it's a lot of show don't tell in his acting um because i mean like the dialogue and the writing is incredible but i think casey's right where the most emotion comes through from his his face and the way he kind of shows that like all that anger kind of being pushed below the surface you know and that rest- like you see that restraint i think um yeah yeah that that was just that his, was something his beautiful really cheekbones are just so expressive <laughs> his perfectly quaffed eyebrows just amazing beautiful. uh no, but you're right. I think that 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 Michael B. Jordan's strength is within the facial expressions and that that tiny little bit of subtle detail. He knows how to play humans, like very human characters, super well. Like I think, and and hold on, I know that sounds weird. There's a point it's just it's just a little funny. If you watch Fantastic Four, uh, oh, or, or, or Fan Four Stick, as some people <laughs> Wait like to call a it, minute. he plays Johnny Storm, and really. Sort of a boring character. I'll be real. Could be the sort writing. Of, sort of a boring movie. Sort of boring True. movie. And everything in that, meh. You know? But within that movie, I don't think that it's really the right role for Michael B. Jordan. He he it, he just can express human emotions super, super well. And the reason why everyone loves Killmonger is because he was able to to tap to that core of Killmonger's motivations and share that in a emotive and expressive way. Whereas other Marvel villains are just, ooh, I'm big bad guy. I'm comic book villain. You know? Yeah, big gray CGI monster. Right. So, so he was really the perfect casting for uh, for this movie because you get to see all of the little uh, sort of under the surface and also obvious racism come at him. And he also has to react in an under the surface way as to not, you know, possibly even get killed down there. I mean, the South was crazy back then. But... One of the scenes that I think best exemplifies that is the courtroom scene at the uh, near the end of the movie when all of the uh, black people who are going to watch the trial are told to wait outside for the obvious reason of racism. And then he comes in and he's like, what the heck's going on? And then the guard's like, I'm just doing what I'm told. And then he's like about to do something and then he calms himself and is like, okay, everyone get in. You know, we'll keep going forward. And although... It's like in reality, that's a very calm way to take it. You get the emotion of that super, super well, and it feels like a big moment, like he's almost fighting this guy. But it, it's it's just more casual and calm than that. And I I think that acting is is within the entirety of the movie, and it's amazing. Yeah, uh, Hallie, I know you took you said you took notes on this movie. Do you have anything to to any insights to bring on 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 Michael B. Jordan's performance? Oh, I mean, yeah, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I mean, I think he was perfect for the role in the sense of kind of being calmer than the other prisoners because he just has like this kid-like, 
you know, aura to him. Like compared to all the other characters, he seems just like this kid. And that's that's what he's supposed to be, this kid who's trying to come in and make some change in any way he can. So I thought, yeah, he fit perfectly. I mean, other than that, uh, in my notes, I mean, I would love to talk about, did you guys notice the cop? the the cop that we followed yeah 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 speaking of that the strip search scene that that cop yes. had a great had a great little background arc yeah <laughs> great example of how this movie doesn't just follow one character and one story it has multiple things it's trying to prove and not being black and white it's like yes there's this and that but there's change happening within all of this and there's space and room for potential for good change and so yeah. i loved i loved the cop i i Yes. Yeah, I, I was a big opinion. <laughs> I was a big fan of that. I think it's especially telling and how they didn't need to take too much time away from their main characters to give that cop his own arc. He, they were kind of yeah. able to just do that through his little background interactions. Um and I think yeah, that was a really really nice way of doing that. Um and a good way to sort of show the message I think is that like compassion kind of begets more compassion. Is is I think one of the main messages of the movie, right? Is like if you give people a chance to to um, to live their lives and 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 show them just a little bit of kindness, these people who have kind of been, you know, incarcerated, um, it it goes a long way and it and it spreads more compassion in its in its wake. Um, and I think the cop was a really good example of that. Hundred percent. I was just waiting for the moment where Michael B. Jordan in his emotional uh, lawyer speech would go, "This man deserves mercy." Just mercy. Yeah, and I was be the end. really <laughs> waiting for the just mercy. I was disappointed. Job. In the like, last line, though, he on. was like, "He was like, we need justice and we need mercy." And I was like, "What do you? What do we call that? Just mercy." I was so I was waiting for it. I, I was so like, like, come on, that's what I was waiting for. That's what you like. That's the only thing lawyer movies really are incredible for is that final speech with like the the punchline at the end that's supposed to make you go like oh it's all worth it and that reminds me there are so many scenes in this movie like i love how this movie is like a love letter to to kill a mockingbird um and i know it's kind of hard because it's like real life but um like what, what i mean like uh atticus finch's closing speech in in the in the court case uh is like one of the most famous movie speeches of all time. I it's my favorite like monologue ever. Um and I think Michael B Jordan's like opening remarks in the in the case with McMillan, I think it was the second case with McMillan is like rivaling that, you know? It's such a love letter to to Brian Stevenson is such uh the way they portrayed him is such a love letter to Atticus Finch in in my eyes. And I think it's fun I think the movie kind of uses this like it, it takes this To Kill a Mockingbird thing almost like... Ironically, uh, right? Yeah. Almost a little ironically. Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the whole town is like, is like, um, make sure you go check out the To Kill a Mockingbird Museum. It's a huge landmark in civil rights. And meanwhile, these same people are turning around and perpetuating the exact same thing that the book is against, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, kind of showing how hypocritical the town is. Um but I love I love to kill a mockingbird and like the court the courthouse scene where the black people are forced to stand in the back um is exactly the same as in to kill a mockingbird when when um what am why am I forgetting his name um Atticus No 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 the the guy who was convicted Oh, oh uh, ro mm, something Robinson guy with <sighs> broken hand Yeah <laughs> what's the girl's Mayella How do you remember these things 
uh, not the Jodes. That's Grapes of Wrath. Guy. We're just All gonna right, go through on. through every thirties. <laughs> I, I don't even know when To Kill the Mockingbird takes place. Is it sixties, thirties? Uh, I like the. I don't know. It's timeless. Tom Robinson. Tom Robinson. Tom Robinson. Tom Robinson's family is forced to stand in the upper deck of the courthouse. They're not allowed to sit. The same as in Just Mercy. This movie is 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 just To Kill a Mockingbird, and I love every bit of that. I'm a huge fan. I just love. I love it. I geek over it. Well, it's because the fact that they keep mentioning To Kill a Mockingbird is their greatest uh, racial justice ever just goes to show the fictional nature of equality within the South. I mean, if if their biggest civil rights monument is a book, it's like, come on, really? Yeah. For, and, yeah. It, 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 and they all internalize that. They're all like, oh, well, we're the home of Harper E. Lee, so therefore, you know, we, you know, we're just and we understand and we've learned the lessons from this book. And they're taking that for granted, and they don't understand the 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 real world of this whole thing they're being hypocritical as you said and it, it was just so cool to to see that book mentioned over and over and over again because it's really interesting when life imitates art and not the other way around hey did you say harper e lee like robert e lee but oh sorry crossed, crossed with the person who no, wrote I, it to kill him do that for for george rr R. martin and, and jr tolkien i say jrr tolkien and people are like, well, what are you talking about? Harper Isn't it J is, is it not? It is J.R.R. Tolkien. No? Is it, or is it George? I don't George R. Martin, J.R.R. Tolkien. No, there's no way it's George R. Martin. That's so weird. I'm I looking it up now. Here, here, you guys talk while I fact check. <laughs> I know. I, I had to fact check the Harper E. Lee thing just so I didn't sound stupid when I tried to call you out on it. <laughs> I can't. Well, they, wait, they both have double R's. Oh my god, my life is changing. What do they stand for? Well, that's the real question. Okay, okay, stand? sure. Uh, okay, who do we want to go for first? Uh, George R.R. or J.R.R.? Tolkien. What do the R's in Tolkien stand for? I hope everyone's having a good day. I know, I know this is the quality, the content you guys are uh, watching. <clears throat> John Ronald Rail Tolkien was born in Bloemfontein, South Africa. Ronald what is the second R? Ronald R-E-U-E-L. Real. Roll. I don't know. I wish it was Ronald Reagan talking. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Just, that would be so funny to me. Uh, back to the movie. Uh, wonderful. Do you know who uh, was my favorite actor in all of it? Who? Ice Cube's son. O'Shea Jackson Jr., appears in every movie as a minor role and he's great in every single one of them he's the prisoner who uh said that he was having tea with queen elizabeth uh as he was in the bunk i love him he's so great we should watch straight out of compton because he's amazing in that yes let's do it yeah man he was ray right i don't i never remember names james yeah yeah he was i liked him a lot i wish we got to see more of him in the movie I know when they just gave him the epilogue, I was like, "Come on!" I know I loved that relationship though between the the um, oh. McMillan, Herb, and Ray. They were like such a great little dynamic trio. Um, Gosh, that scene where they're all banging on the bars, like trying to show their support for. And that's another parallel: is the first they're banging on the bars for Herb, and then later they're banging on the bars when McMillan is walking free. I love the camaraderie. I love it. Just oh, so great! Yeah, yeah. what a movie. Yeah. What an this, absolute this, movie. This this movie is like it's a blend of To Kill a Mockingbird with a dash of Shawshank Redemption <laughs> served on a plate of Dark Waters. This movie reminded me so yeah. much of Dark Waters, Charlie. 
Yeah, no, totally. Like, and also read the book, everyone. This is based on a book, which is based which... on real life. My God, <laughs> dang! <Layers. laughs> the wall uh, being broken. I know. But yeah, this is super wall. dark waters. I think that that the lawyer genre of cool lawyers fighting against injustice is perhaps one of my favorites, and you've it really turned me on to it, James. Yeah, man, like my cousin Vinny, you know. <laughs> You know, this movie was infinitely better than this Matt Damon movie I watched. I forgot the name of it, but he was a lawyer trying to get, like, a corporation to pay up for not treating this person's cancer or something. And in that movie, Matt Damon literally murders a guy halfway through to it as a lawyer. What? Yeah. What movie is this? I don't know. I forgot the name. But, like, look it up. Matt Damon fighting for uh, this guy who had, like, bone or blood cancer or something against this big corporation. Falls in love. Murders a guy in the middle. Honestly, I think this movie does a better job at uh, uh, portraying uh, real lawyers. The Rainmaker. Than... The Rainmaker. The Rainmaker. You... Wow, you just looked that up. What a man. Yeah, I'm our, <laughs> I'm our IT guy now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh... Yeah, insane movie. Matt Damon, worse than Michael B. Jordan as a lawyer. I'll say it right now. Don't ask. Well, how does Mark Ruffalo stack up? Because Dark Waters was really good. This movie, yeah, Mar Dar I think Dark Waters was kind of underrated. But I, I too, am, am in love with the cool lawyer legal movie genre now. Um, Casey, Hallie, have you guys had experiences with the cool lawyer legal movie genre? Not really. Me either. No. Nope. You should check Dark Waters then. It's yeah. like it feels like it's six hours long, but it's it. Oh, uh, I also wanted to talk about how. All the, every, all the scenes seem so real. Like, it's so easy, and I think in, like, law movies or movies with big action to make everything, you know, like, shots of, like, the jail and shots of inside places very, you know, artificial, superficial. Um, but I felt like every scene I was there, like, every scene I, like, felt the weight of the environment on top of me. Um, so, yeah, that's what I wrote down. Like, and also how the scenes were so well-rounded, like, you start, like, uh, one of my favorite examples, I think, is the scene with the mom. Is like, the frame states in that, that wide shot of the mom sweeping. Like, everything is all-encompassing, and that's what I think is uh, really cool. I mean, everything feels like it's not all over the place. I just, I, I'm, I'm, like, geeking over the scenes, because I just thought every single one was so cool. Um, you really feel like the warmth of Alabama, you know, of, of the community, um... Yeah, I just, like, felt like I was there. I felt like I was, like, transported sitting next to Michael B. Jordan in the car or sitting in the living room, you know? Like, the environment, I felt, like, the weight of it constantly, and I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. You know, Hallie, you're entirely right. I think that the South is... It's slowly becoming actually one of my favorite settings for movies because uh, this movie did a great job at it. Uh, the book Dead Man Walking did a great job at it. I've been playing a game called Hunt Showdown that does a great job at it. And guess what's coming that I'm super excited for? Uh, Lovecraft Country, Jordan Peele, J.J. Abrams, happening in the South, and it's going to be great. And it it's it, it's just such a good environment, and I totally agree with you. I think in this movie they they really portrayed the town and the people within it in a way that made you feel the weight of all of the opinions and all of the the people as you were watching it. I like the use of coloring and how they use that to show the passage of time. I think this movie did a really good job at showing like how, um, and this is kind of a mainstay with, with Dark Waters as well. Um, it's like these court cases, these legal proceedings take a really long time, like years and years and years. And I, I really liked kind of the, uh, another 
little parallelism thing where they'll show uh, when they first move into the office for the Equal Justice Initiative, uh, their clerk is using like a typewriter. And then later you get like way later in the movie, you get sort of the same shot, but now she's on a computer and it's like, oh, we're in like the 90s now. Um, and I, I just think it's the little details like that 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 show a really uh, effective way to show how time is passing. Also the coloring and what I mean by that is like, when we're still in like the late seventies and the eighties and stuff, everything kind of has a, a warmer tone to it. It's kind of like in, in, in the South, it's all yellowy and orangey. Everything's kind of tinted that way. But then when we're up in the more modern times and he's in like the state Supreme court or something, everything's kind of like got a cooler tone over it. It's kind of washed out white, like modern. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, it's, it's really interesting to look at how, coloring is used in films because i think i think coloring is one of the parts of filmmaking that's like overlooked the most i definitely overlook it when i'm editing stuff because it's hard but it can be really i think um just like a nice nice little finishing touch on top of stuff to to make it look even more polished and consistent and dark waters did a really good job at that too like everything else so that's my little spiel on coloration and little women just want to pop that in there. Oh, and Little Women did that too. You're right. Very good coloring. Yeah. One of my uh, other favorite parts with the acting was <laughs> it's always the same actors, and I love it. In every movie that takes place in the South, oh my God, you guys just reminded me. We need to watch Logan Lucky. Different I, I time, different thing. Logan, what is Logan Lucky? You, want me you don't to know Logan Lucky? You know, you know Logan Lucky, Casey? Yeah, Adam Driver. Yes. Oh, wait, wait, I do know that movie. I do know that movie. Bro, so good. It just reminded me of it. But in every single movie that happens in the South, I swear to God, they get the same white actors to play it every time because they just look like they came out of like the most impoverished, like 30 miles away from any city town ever. It's so funny. <laughs> like Give the guy who played the, the guy who played the DA, uh, he's in a whole bunch of movies and he always plays like some racist southerner or something. He's being typecast as that. I'm sure he's a lovely man. I know. Uh, I'm gonna say, gosh, that's gotta be tough to like deal with. No, unless like you're, unless you're actually racist, like did you, that's gotta be true. hard. There was, was like a thread where it's like some some of these actors play racist a bit too well, and it's like, I know. Dang. <laughs> it's a little suspicious. It's like it's, his method act. If you're playing a racist character, it's like the one time method acting isn't okay. <laughs> right. Oh. It's like so you can play the Joker and you can be like send pig heads to your castmates, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't That's why I'm Daniel Day Lewis that. had to play Abraham Lincoln and not anyone else in that movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd love to method act Abraham Lincoln. The guy, if I'm gonna method act someone, I want it to be someone cool like Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Of course, you would say Teddy Roosevelt. He's my—he's the I think one of the coolest presidents. Like national parks, bull moose party. Teddy um, Roosevelt's interesting because he was like a mega racist, but he also did some really cool stuff. If you disregard the mega racism, right. isn't that like? Isn't that like most of this is what frustrates me about American history? Is I feel like I learned something cool or about a cool figure, and it's like, wow, what a great role model. I think. This is a cool historical figure. And then they're it's like, oh, and they're they were like pro slavery oh, or something. It's like it's it's like FDR, like gamble. Oh, you cool have to take. He, he he did New Deal. Oh, he took us through World War Two. Oh, he also brought the Klan back. Yikes! Right? Yeah, mm. Dude, birth it's... of a nation. 
<laughs> literally i know everyone's always like like talking about how trump is the most racist president but it's like bro like andrew jackson the trail of tears are you kidding it's like there's so yeah it's a high bar r- racism in america as a president My so. gosh we just just dude or a low uh, bar i hate I that's why I, that's it's why i have a love a general bar yeah. <laughs> speaking it's of a bar, stare yeah that is the test the lawyers have to take is the bar yes yeah Speaking of, I have notes on, I just wanted to, like, touch on how they portrayed the system of, like, the justice justice system. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I thought they did it very um, truthfully. Uh, I, I put it in my notes that they include that the system is truly classist and racist, um, that the system was full of coor- like coercion of testimonies. It's actually mm. like kind of insane. Like if you look it up, how many testimonies have been coerced? Like even if you look at, um, has have any of you watched When They See Us? No. What no. is that? When, so it's on it's on Netflix. It um cir- it circles around um the Central Park Five, which were essentially five black boys that went to prison for I believe it was the rape and murder of of a uh, a white woman. But of course they none of them were um there. Well, they weren't. It wasn't that they weren't there at the time. They were in Central Park, but they obviously like didn't commit yeah. the crime. But <clears throat> the whole part of why they um went to jail is because the um the police officers that detained them basically like forced them through physical abuse and all sorts of like gaslighting to basically like force them to confess to something that they didn't do but the damage was already like really like done by then because like coercion of testimonies is so in like insane because you wouldn't think that um someone would be able to force you to like admit to something that you didn't do but as we see with um what's his myers that like they went the extra mile to get this man to like um admit something that didn't happen so it's very it was a very good callback to um something that is very much like alive and very much like present today like he was a criminal yeah but but like there was a lot more at work there than what it first appeared to be, right? Because in the beginning of the movie, it looks like it's going to be a classic case of like, okay, uh, McMillan was definitely set up by this irredeemable, just like awful white dude. But then it's like, oh no, this goes a lot deeper than just individuals. Like it's a whole system that's messed up. And this guy was just like a pawn of it, you know? He just got used. Right. Um, I think it was did a really good job at that. And like you were saying with the system, I think the movie also did a good job at showing like, just how many hoops you have to jump through in the legal system, like all this motioning for appeal, like the whole case that they're building up for like the majority of the movie is a case to win the option to have another trial. Like it's not even to clear his name. It's to open up the possibility of opening a new argument to clear his name. Like it's so, there are so many steps you have to go through for everything, you know? Um, 
And mm-hmm. I think that's something that most legal movies kind of don't deal a ton with because it's like that's not really the interesting part, you know. Um, no one wants to see guys like motioning claims for appeals and and filing paperwork and stuff. But it's like that's what being a lawyer is, you know. It's not all Atticus Finching. It's a lot of right kind of trying to slog your way through a really tedious and messed up system. Whoa, tedious and messed up system. Mm-hmm. And what a crappy job these corrupt officers do at, at being corrupt. Like, <laughs> literally. They're bad yeah. at it. Like, like, why would you leave all these records available if you're trying they, to cover something? They have else? the guy saying, well, I didn't see that guy kill him. You know, I would never do that. I'm an upstanding individual. They kept that. If you're corrupt, <laughs> why would you keep that? Like, how are you so bad at being bad? I, I, I don't yeah, understand. I... When I saw that scene in the movie, I was literally like, this can't be real. That can't be what happened. You're joking, right? Like, that's just the perfect little voice clip to to end this entire this entire trial. Like, he's saying he was lying right at the front of it. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't use that clip in the trial scenes also. Like, I was... It's like, what? There's so much... I feel like there's so much crazy evidence they got that they just didn't wind up using in the case. Like, that and the, um, the stuff with Darnell. It's like... It's like, so you just ain't gonna use this, like, like this was a whole plot point moving it forward. It's like, we have this key evidence, and then we get to the case, and it's like, let's not use any of it. <laughs> yeah. What happened, to answer your question, Charlie, that after Darnell got arrested, he refused to testify. Oh, but they couldn't yes. use his statement? Because he already signed it. Right. I mean, they. I believe that they did use his okay. statement. But it was a very, like, I got arrested. I don't even know if I have a job. Like, I'm not working with you anymore. And that's why they went and saw Myers and tried to get what they could out of Okay, I get it. I see. Yeah. Yeah, poor Darnell. I know, know, right? (laughs) He was such a sweetie. And and they just, and they're like, perjury. It's like, no. Another parallel to to kill a mockingbird they just keep coming the scene of brian visiting uh mcmillan's family is like exactly the same as when atticus visits tom robinson's family these are this it's it's so it just gets better and better baby i cannot get over how how much i like these two movies because they're kind of the same movie every movie to be to kill a mockingbird it would be great if your favorite fictional character isn't atticus finch like what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> like, wake up people he's point. literally unless you read the the much disputed sequel to to kill a mockingbird uh what's it called ghost at a watchman where they yeah. basically yeah. They, basically it's like well he was racist <laughs> anyway that's what I'm from. it's like with american history i can't even like atticus finch because apparently in the sequel that like never came out he was actually still racist it's like just let me i i do not I pretend I do not see Ghost of the Wild. Do not see. <laughs> I do not it. see. It is, it's like Avatar and Legend of Korra. I do not see. Hey, Legend of Korra. hey. Whoa, 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 whoa! I, I do whoa, not whoa, see whoa. Korra. Bite your tongue, young man. Slow your roll. Nope, I'm not gonna take it back. I do oh not see God. it. All right, that's it. We're watching uh, Avatar: Legend of Korra next. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we are starting to get a little bit short on time. All right, ladies. All righty. And gents, ladies Thank and gent. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and gent. <laughs> so, as if this were a court case, do we have any closing remarks? Oh snap! I uh, he did that. You good did movie. That. Watch it. 
I highly recommend donating to the Equal Justice Initiative. Yeah. Uh, because I think that as a film group, it's really interesting when we promote uh, GoFundMes and, and organizations that are related to the films we watch. So, so I personally recommend Equal Justice Initiative and the Black TV and Film Collective out of all the things that you can donate to. Please do it. It's a good cause. Your money is certainly going to a good place. But yeah, watch this movie. It's free. You have no reason not to. Uh, yes. It's wonderful. Yeah. We probably should announce that. Uh, it, it's free on Amazon Prime and YouTube for the entire month of June. So absolutely go watch it. It's well worth your zero dollars that you're spending on it. Right. <laughs> Hey, there's no reason not to watch it at this point. I think everyone has something to learn from this movie for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, please consider donating to any of the organizations we plugged: Equal Justice Initiative, Black TV and Film Collection Collective. Thank you. Uh, Rebuild the Block is one that I really like. Also, the George Floyd Memorial Fund, the I Run with a Mod Fund, the Justice Justice for Breonna Taylor Fund. I don't know if that mm -hmm. one actually has fun at the end, but um. Yeah, just do, do do what you can, you know? This is something that we all have to take part in. Um just like just like Brian Stevenson. Yeah, be Brian. We, we can be like Brian. What would Brian do? Is something we all have to remember during these times. Yeah, screw what would baby Jesus do? It's what would Brian do? Wait, <laughs> baby? Yeah, you haven't heard that phrase? What would I thought it was just what would Jesus do? No, it's yeah. what would baby Jesus do? But baby Jesus did bit Okay. He cried. Hey, Jesus was holy his entire life. I don't, I don't, no, I, don't I know. You're the one person here, Charlie, who has not like been Christian at some point in their lives. <laughs> I went to a Christian primary school, so don't at me, James. That's funny. That's funny to me. All right. <laughs> well, we're running out of time here. Thank you for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure podcasting with you. Um, make sure you like the episode and share it uh, with your pals. Share the show comment thumbs up rate on itunes i am um, and yeah that's i'm really tired that's all i got for that part sorry <laughs> that was a little bit of a it, it was beautiful it was beautiful uh, so perfect yeah but uh with that we i think have been socratic cinema, socratic cinema. thanks for listening uh, Adi adios. Adios. i ruined it <laughs> okay <laughs>